0: The Book Writers Resource Podcast. The Book Writers Resource Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Book Writers Resource with me, Ian Pringle. For this episode, uh, Mandy Ward. David Hambling and I all met up in the listing shelf recording van. While we were setting up, Mandy put on the table in front of us a small blue knitted elephant. So of course, I asked Mandy to explain what that was for.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I've been um, volunteering Uh, recently through the lockdowns etc for uh, Hope Hospice and they asked me if I'd like to run a creative writing group Uh, so I've been running that for probably a couple of months now and uh, one of the ladies in the group I think she was in her 70s said well I've got nothing to say my life's really boring and uh, I said well hang on a minute I said if you zipped 100 years into the future wouldn't your grandchildren like to know about your life and it really sparked her off and one of the first exercises we did was I said, well, we all know about the elephant in the room, don't we? But what I want to know is how the elephant got in the room and how it escapes. I said, you've got five minutes to come up with a story. And they all wrote really, really cool stories about how the elephant escaped the room. Yeah, so that's why the elephant's here. And and also thinking about the elephant in the room, one of the the big things um, a lot of um, when people ask me about writing a book, the elephant in the room really is, well, how much is it going to cost? And a lot of the time, um, authors come to me and ask about um, writing a book. And I said, you need to think about your budget, really, because you do need to spend a bit of money.
0: Right. Okay. So this elephant today, and I love that story about the, how, how, you know, so that's a little thing for you. If you're thinking about writing a story, think about how the elephant escapes from a room. That's a really nice star. But we'll come to starting stories on another episode. But for today, this elephant has got a a, a pound sign on it, and this is about money. Okay. So I'm, if I'm writing a book, I'm a bit confused by that because for me, I can't see how, apart, obviously, you're going to have to spend a lot of time. But apart from that, I mean, I'm sitting on my computer. Uh, I've got Word already, so I don't have to pay for that. And I'm typing away, and it's a computer. So I don't even have to pay for an ink. Um, and eventually, I'll write something, and I can turn it into an ebook and go through a process and get it on Amazon. Uh, uh, there isn't for me. I can't imagine the cost implications for that. So tell me a bit. What 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 am I missing here?
1: Well, the first thing that strikes me when you you say that is, yes, absolutely, you can write a book. And the time it would take you, you know, the opportunity costs of the time, you know, it could take you a couple of years. I know of people where it it has taken them a couple of years. And the second thing that strikes me is the first thing that you look at when you buy a book. Say you're in wherever it is, you're in Waterstones or wherever. The first thing that strikes you is the front cover So if you create your own front cover, that's all well and good. But actually, is it a front cover that's going to make somebody want to grab it and pull it off the bookshelf? And then the second thing after that, then, is I always read the back cover. You know, what what is this story about? So putting your back cover blurb on is really important. So I would suggest that you need a little bit of spend a little bit of money getting some advice about making that right, because otherwise, Yes, you can DIY and spend a couple of years, however long, creating your own book. But if you get the back cover wrong, if you get the front cover wrong, it's just going to sit on the bookshelf and gather dust, and that's a shame because it's your book, baby.
0: Okay, so so there's some so there's something about the artwork, um, mm-hmm. about some of that copy on the back that's going to kind of draw people into yes. the th- to the story. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. um, so that so I can see that's some money. David, what, what else would, would I need to be thinking about in terms of costs? Because I've seen, um, you can get editors, can't you? And I, I mean, I've seen like on yeah. Fiverr and stuff like that, there's yeah. people willing to edit books these days and it's not always that expensive.
2: Yes, you can absolutely spend money on editors and, and you should actually pay a professional editor to work on your book. And the reasons behind that are, you might think that you're an excellent writer, but they are very few and far between. Even J.R. Tolkien had someone look at his book um, before it was published into Lord of the Rings. Um, and if you don't have that, there will be mistakes in your book. Always. Guaranteed there will be mistakes in your book. And you need that third party to come in, have a look, and help with that writing process. Now, there are various different parts of the editing process. You've got your copy editing, developmental editing, line editing, etc., etc., etc. They shouldn't be confused with proofreading. That comes right at the very end of the process. But the editing process will help develop your story into something mediocre. I'm not saying that people's stories would be mediocre when they write them, but it would take something mediocre and turn it into something absolutely stellar. Something really worthwhile reading that people are going to enjoy. And you need to pay the right person to do that. And you mentioned Fiverr, finding an editor on Fiverr. One of my experiences is I've I've been on Fiverr and, and tried to get work And when I first started out. And one of the problems that you find is it's a race to the bottom. Who can do the work the cheapest? And unfortunately, the person who does the work the cheapest is not the person that you want to have edit your book because they just want the work. They might not be very good at English, they just think that they are. Whereas someone like myself, who is quite firm on the pricing, or I was when I was on Fiverr, didn't get that much work because I wouldn't compromise on that because I knew the value of the work and I knew the level of work that would have to go in to turn someone's work into a beautiful piece.
0: Okay. So how do I know then? So if, you know, what what am I looking for and 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 I guess as an author when you've written some work and you send it off to somebody to edit, what should I be expecting back from them?
2: So my advice would be if you are engaging with an editor or someone who can edit your book, send them a single chapter, maybe two if your book's not very large, and ideally You don't want to just get something back that's correcting your grammar and punctuation. That's obviously part of the editorial process. But you don't want just that. What you actually want are clear notes on how the story can be developed, if any restructuring of the story needs to be done. I've worked on a book where I literally restructured the entirety of the thing, and because those were so extensive, I had to put it all in a new document so that I could place them all in the right place sort of order before sending it back to the author. So you need to find an editor that's capable of looking at your story and saying, actually, there are these little plot holes here that don't work. There's an extraneous character here that serves no purpose. There's also little elements like to simplify continuity errors. You've got a character walk into a room wearing a pink shirt, yet when they leave, they're wearing a yellow shirt but there is nowhere in between them entering and leaving where they've changed their shirt to a different colour. And that can cause confusion for a reader, it can be quite discordant, and that sort of thing puts people off reading the book. And that's what you need to know when engaging an editor. Are they going to just fix the grammar and punctuation? If that's the case, don't bother. If they're going to look at your story and give you good information on how your story can be improved
0: that's what you need to be paying for right yeah because i guess i could sort of send it through grammarly um if, exactly. if what i wanted was just punctuation and things so actually i'm looking to and it sounds a little bit scary actually there's somebody to sort of come back with all of these notes and all of this kind of restructuring and things like that and i guess some people who might be feeling a bit sensitive about their work could get put off by that but actually that's what i'm looking for i want somebody that's going to yes. be involved
2: you need to imagine it like raising a child obviously you want to protect your child as much as possible so that it can be the person that you want them to be when they grow up that you can be proud of but we send our children to school we hand them off to other people that develop them in their lives so that they can become that person that you imagine them being and it's the same thing with a book you hand it off to other people that will develop that book in such a way that you can be really proud of it.
0: Okay, great. Thank you very much. And so, um, I mean, that's, so that's a big part of it There's, is this, we've talked about the cost implications in terms of artwork, um, some of that copy on the back and then that, you know, a, a big deal in terms of employing a professional editor, um, that's going to help you sharpen up that work as you go along. Where else might I be looking to think of the costs as they come along on this journey?
1: Um the other areas if if uh, there's a book we worked on recently um about, you can look at a guy called Mark Evans he's written a book called Conversations with Impact and it's a subject matter book and it's he's a really good writer um so what he did, decided to do because he st- he tells stories to help um people with challenges in life he's a therapist um and he has some really good illustrations that demonstrate what he puts in the book. So you need to think about um what those illustrations are going to look like, whether you want them in black and white, or whether you want them in color, you need to think about pricing because illustrators are can be there can be a range of prices with illustrations. You can ch- you can pay anything from, I don't know, I've worked with a like lo- a local guy who lives local to me who's retired, who's a pub sign writer. He's done some fantastic artwork for like 15 quid a pop. And you can go right up to a few hundred if you're working with somebody that, say, for example, has worked in gaming. Um, and the other side of things you need to think about is the IP there. So because it's their artwork, you need to work out who's going to own that IP and how... Um, how that's intellectual
0: is... property for anybody that didn't know yes. that. Acronym.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Um the other thing you need to think about is the proofreading. And as David said earlier, proofreading and editing get get confused quite um quite often. And the proofread comes right at the very end. And whoever we work with, we always say we want you to get somebody externally to us to proofread that book. And the reason for that is we all get word blind. We all have words that we say write down that aren't necessarily correct. And because we've been look you've been looking at that book for so long, it's your book, baby, you can't see the wood for the trees. Mm. So another proofreader will pick up on all those little nuances you haven't. And again a proofreader, you know, it depends on who you use. Um, but there could be a range of costs with a proofreader as well. But we always recommend that you do that no matter what because there's nothing worse than having a really good book on Amazon that somebody enjoys reading. And I'm not a word snob at all. If I see errors in a book, I shrug my shoulders and carry on reading if I enjoy the story. But a lot of people at that point will stop reading because of the grammatical issues. And I know of authors who've got, you know, really great reviews on Amazon. And there's the little word, but there's some grammatical errors. And for the sake of an edit, you know, going back and doing a professional edit and picking up on what David said, you know, the Chartered Institute of Editors, that's the place to go, or you can look for recommended, recommended editors. So yeah, um, other costs, illustrations, typesetting. Typesetting again, that's, that's important. A
0: very
2: important part
0: of the book. Describe to me what is typesetting.
2: Typesetting is the laying out of the interior pages. So when you open a book and you look inside and you can see the text blocks that are in, on every page, that's the typesetting process. Now. Many people will think that that's just putting words on a page. Sure, but there is actually quite a, an intricate theory behind how you typeset a book, and there are sort of num- word counts per line which are ideal for the human eye to read. There's elements such as white space. How big should the the, um, the margins be? How big should the bottom of, of the page be, you know, things like where should the number page numbers go, does it have running headers, anything like that. How wide should the line spacing be, which is called leading. Um, all of those things need to be taken into account to create a book that is very easy to read and very enjoyable. And choosing a, an adequate typeface or a font um, is very important when laying a book out because you can have the best story in the world it could be brilliant change thoughts minds and actions of everyone across the globe but if they can't read it they're not going to buy it and that's what the typesetting process does the typesetting process is the thing that will allow your audience to engage with your
0: book and enjoy it cool okay um so and that that applies to an ebook as well as a as a as a as a physical book
2: to a degree it. yes and, and the reason why I say that is because most ebooks are what they call reflowable so when you have on your screen you'll notice that the words go right to the edge of the screen mm-hmm. now you do need a typesetter to create your ebook um, there are some programs online that you can use but many of them end up being quite glitchy uh, the ones that I've encountered anyway can be quite glitchy and cause problems with the chapters and things and mm-hmm. um, so you don't have to pay as much attention to the aesthetic when producing an ebook because in most cases you can just change the typeface if you want to anyway right. um, to suit your needs. Yeah, the the, the reader can choose to yes, the typeface. Yes, most of you know, the time yeah. they can, yeah. especially on Kindle. Yeah. Um, so the choice there is generally it doesn't matter but the way in which i typeset is i will create the print version of the book first. So that people can see the aesthetic and then I will use that
0: to create the e-book. Right. Okay. So that sort of flows through into into yes. all areas of production. And again, I guess that's something to really consider when you're marketing is that everything has that, the same imagery that runs through the same copy and that tech, that copy has got to be in a sort of similar typeface to the book, I suppose. It yes. all feels wrapped up mm-hmm. quite nicely presented mm-hmm. to yes. the potential reader. Okay. Um, all right. I concede then that <laughs> there is a little bit more um, that potentially spend your money on than and I might have thought. And the, and as you're talking about that, of course, I guess as I'm writing my book, if I was, then I would be giving up quite a lot of my time to do that, which, as you say, is indeed a cost. I've got to think about the time that I'm going to be spending on that book, and yeah, um, yeah and what I'm not doing with that time yes. that I might otherwise be earning money. Yes. So yeah.
1: there are, are there people out. I, I mean. Um, there's a guy on LinkedIn. He's he, he he's he's really popular on LinkedIn. He did a really good blog on how he pulled his book together. It took him two years. Now, if you're a subject matter expert and you want to build your brand, you're going to want to do it quicker than 2 I'm not saying that you can't do it yourself. You can learn all the packages. You can learn in design. You can learn how to, you know, put a, a, a good cover together. Uh, but actually, do you really want to be spending your time doing that? That's the big issue. And the thing that David and I do is we provide, you know, it's a one-stop shop approach and in my experience, when I started out, I was the know nothing wannabe author, and there's that many ways you can waste money. Um, and so, and also, you know, working with people on Fiverr or people abroad is all well and good when it's going well, but when things aren't going well and you've got to pick up the phone, you can't. And I really like the idea of being able to get in my car and go, pandemic willing. Go and talk to somebody, go and face-to-face talk about... Because it's a really important aspect of what you're doing. Do you really want to lay that off to somebody that is doing it for the money rather than, you know, doing it because they want to put you at the centre of the process and make sure... Because it's, it's it's good for us when a, a book goes really well, you know, and it, it's good for the author as well. You know, it's it's all about making sure that they enjoy the journey without all the hiccups.
0: It's it's about a relationship actually, isn't it? As well, yeah, I think by, yeah. this, by the sounds of it, you know, yeah. and the, and that you can, when you've got a relationship with someone, you can back and forth. You yeah. can, you could, they can get to understand more what you what you want. Whereas actually, yeah, if it is somebody that's in America that's doing yeah. the design of your front cover on Fiverr, then maybe you're not going to yeah. be able to back and forth quite so much. You might have to accept or compromise in areas that you might not want
1: yeah. to. Yeah. And it's all about the customer service element, isn't it, really? You, it's a journey that you want to be able to enjoy that's going to be seamless. And let's face it, you're in it to write to write a book. You're the writer. You want to be writing. You don't really want to have to worry about anything else going. You want, you want, to, you want to find people that y- you can trust to do a good job for you and build that relationship.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That brings us to the end of episode two. Um, so it's goodbye from me and goodbye from David and Mandy. Goodbye. Goodbye. If you've got an elephant in the room that you'd like to talk about, maybe you're working on a novel yourself, then you can get in touch with Mandy or David at www.thebookwritersresource.co.uk or email them info at tbwr.co.uk. And also be sure to subscribe to the podcast and then you'll get updated with all the new episodes as they come along. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye. The Book Writers Resource Podcast The Book Writers Resource Podcast This podcast was produced by Listing Shelf Audio